Welcome to Voices from the Street, the radio ministry of the Sacramento Union Gospel Mission. Prepare your heart for laughter and tears as we share the unpolished stories of the homeless and hurting, hope and transformation. Here is your host, Director of the Union Gospel Mission, Pastor Tim Lane. Well, I thank you guys for joining us. I know this is a tough time for many of you away from family, and maybe this is the first Christmas that you have been apart from everybody. At the mission, I certainly understand that our, our men every year have faced this situation, mostly because, you know, before the pandemic hit, our men would come to us and they were out on the street or they were out of prison and they had been away from family for years and years and years in a lot of cases. And then being sober and ready to uh, start a new life, they come to the first set of holidays that they're not uh, on drugs or alcohol. And maybe many of them start to remember that once upon a time there was brightly colored lights and there was Christmas trees and there was family gatherings and all the things that we normally associate with this time of the year. And so they were at a place for many years, and I saw this every year, that there was a certain sadness about this time of year, and and it was very difficult for them to get over it. And so we started really trying to decorate the mission to get everything going, to make it a happier place for them during this time, did special things for the men. Now, the reason that I bring this up is now we're in a situation where this pandemic has has escalated again, and I guess that they have shut down all the essential, non-essential businesses. So the malls are without people in them. The uh, At least, I don't know, I haven't been over to the malls or anything, but that's my understanding that as of tonight, and of course this is a pre-recorded program, so it will already be in place by the time you hear this message, that everybody is now sheltering in place and family is afraid to be with family and uh, they're not allowed to travel and not allowed to do these things. So many of us have reached the same point that many of these folks had been in for years. For the very first time, we're no longer going to be gathering with large numbers of family. We don't see the colored lights. We don't have the malls. That And yes, you know what? Shopping was always frustrating near the holidays in the malls, but it was normal. You got the Christmas feeling when at least you got out of the mall with your presence for the family. And you knew, like when I was younger, I knew that my kids would be up at the crack of dawn on Christmas morning wanting to to, to come downstairs with their pajamas on, open presents and eat cookies and do all those things. And so that was the norm. And then, of course, I hearken back to my own days when I was young, when I was a kid, when we would do the same things to my mom. Uh, my mom and dad had broken up when I was a kid, so I didn't have my dad around, but I had my mom and my grandmother usually was there. And so these are times that with my grandmother cooking in the kitchen, making, you know, she was Norwegian. And I know you don't really probably want to hear about all my life growing up, but I'm just trying to make a point here. I could smell the cooking that she was doing, cookies and breads and all the things that we would have uh, on Christmas Day. And then 
you know, early in the morning and, and throughout, we started getting family to come over. And, and uh, when the kids were little, we would open presents. And then my daughter, who was born on Christmas Day, we would, we would have her birthday a little bit later on. Well, that's probably not going to happen this year because families are afraid to get COVID and do all those kind of things. And so there's a certain pall, a certain depression that comes over everybody this time of year when they can't get together. Then you complicate things because you have older people and you have people that may be in convalescent hospitals or in assisted living places or away from their families. And now these people who are older and maybe not facing a whole lot, uh, a whole lot of holidays to come can't get together with their family. And then the people who can't get together with their elderly parents are now worrying about, is this going to be the last Christmas I have with them? And so we start to get into this funk. We start to get into this sadness. We start to get overwhelmed by the lack of the season. And so we hunker down in our own places. We start to feel overwhelmed by everything. And the Christmas season is lost to us. Okay, but here's the thing. Mostly I'm talking to you who are believers out there. To those of you that are not believers, I've told the men for years, you want to change Christmas forever? Then come to know the Savior who it's all about. You know, and there's one of the problems, I think. We started to associate always Christmas with presents, with candy canes, with uh, holiday celebrations, a lot of times too much celebration, uh, with, with going to the malls and the brightly colored lights, and we forgot what the meaning of Christmas truly is. The meaning of Christmas is simple. It's grace. It's all about grace. And now we're not even going to be able to go to our churches and hear of the message that has set the world free. Who is this Jesus guy? He is the light of the world. He was born to set men free, free from the darkness, to illuminate the corners where, where depravity hides, to give men hope, to give them direction, to give them eternity. And yet, we boil it all down to a ham or a turkey or to stuffing. And the reality is it was never about that. It was about amazing, amazing grace. And so we have lost the feeling of the holiday. If we have lost the feeling of the holiday, then it's because our direction was probably never correct. Listen, I love the family gatherings. I love the holiday meals. I love the color lights. I love the, the shopping and all the things that we did. Well, the shopping, that might be an exaggeration, but, but I love this time of year. There is never in my lifetime a time I liked better than the holiday seasons. One of my, my daughters was born on Christmas Day. I have a son that was born a few days after, and I was born a few days after Christmas. So, I'm bringing this to you today because I am afraid that some of you are sitting there in the darkness. You are depressed. You are overwhelmed. Well, guess what? Just like the world was overwhelmed, it was depressed. It was in darkness. 
And into that darkness shone the light that will change everything, not only in this world, but in the next, and it will change it for you. It says in Matthew, and when we're in Matthew chapter 1 and 18, it says, Now the birth of Jesus Christ was as follows. After his mother Mary was betrothed to Joseph, before they came together, she was found to be with child of the Holy Spirit. Do you know how amazing that alone is? That it was predicted all the way through the Old Testament that there would be coming a time when the virgin would give birth. And that, that birth is the birth of, the, of, the, of every one of us. And her, her husband Joseph came and he found that they were engaged. Betrothed was something much more than what we have today. When we say they're engaged, it's a different thing than back then. They were like a technical marriage, but without any coming together physically. And so her husband Joseph was a man of great integrity. And it says that not wanting to put her to a public example was minded to put her away secretly. But while uh, he thought, while he thought about these things, Behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream, saying, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary as your wife. For that which is conceived in her is the Holy Spirit, and she will bring forth a son, and you shall call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. Have you ever stopped and realized that on that day when this light, when the, the, the Son of God was born, that he brought light into the world, as I said to you. And man, what? Loved darkness better than they loved light. And the story of amazing grace, of redemption, didn't start there in the manger, but it started before the world began. It started when man in the Garden of Eden decided to sin against a holy God, and the retribution of God was upon all mankind. But a loving and a holy God had decided before the foundation of the earth the plan of redemption for us. Now all of humanity, all of redemption, is boiled down to this one moment in time when the Savior was born. So all this was done that he might fulfill what was spoken by the Lord through the prophets, saying, Behold, the virgin shall be with child and shall bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which is translated God with us. And then Joseph, being aroused with sleep, did as the angel of the Lord commanded him, and he took him and his wife and did not know her until they had brought forth her firstborn son. And they called his name Jesus. Didn't call him Santa Claus. Didn't call him special gifts under the tree. Didn't call him works. Called him Emmanuel. Called him Jesus because truly he would set his people free. You know, 
the time that Jesus was born, can you imagine that was probably not a real happy time either? Think about this. There in the middle of this Judean plains, they had to all return to their hometowns, where they were from, so that they could be counted for a census. And so Mary and Joseph, and she's pregnant, and they're, dry, and they're, they're going through this countryside. They're cold, maybe hungry. I don't know all the circumstances, but you know what the Scripture says. And so they came, and they found uh, uh, there was no room at the end, and, end. and so they came, and they, they wound up going into what is really a cave. And there the Lord of glory was born born to not have a life of ease and comfort and presence and, and be lifted up in, in high esteem, to be born in a palace, to be born in the warmth, to be born to be catered to and looked up to and idolized. No, he was born to suffer a life of hardship and suffering and for three years to preach the message of redemption to a lost and an arrogant people. That's all of us, by the way. In his own what? They did not accept him, but rejected him. So his, his birth was a birth not of holiday lights and great food, but of lonely separation, he, his mom, and Joseph, his stepfather. But yet, he was Jesus Christ, born to set men free. You know, I mean, think about this. 33 years he lived, three of which were in his, the ministry. In that time, he would see, he would be rejected by his friends. He would be tormented by those who called themselves the religious leaders. He would be beaten. He would be tortured. He would be raised up on an angry tree to be crucified and die. He would be put in a grave. And by the way, for you you that don't understand what this is about, Jesus had to be born to be tempted in every way as we are, and yet without sin. Jesus had to be born and live a life like that to be able to pay the penalty for sin that you and I can't pay. And he did. He was tempted in every way. He was tortured beyond what we could even endure. And you also have to understand that his torture was greater than what you or I might might suffer in the same circumstance because he knew that at any time he could have stopped it if he wanted to. He was innocent of everything. He could feel the weight and the pain of my sin, of your sin, and of the sin of the world on that cross. Why are we exclusive in Christianity? Because he is the way, he is the truth, he is the life, and no one comes to the Father but through him. But he has made way that heaven and earth could be put under his feet and he could deliver us from our sins. You say, I don't need Jesus. I'm a good person. Well, I got news for you. Nobody is good but God alone. There isn't one of you out there, there isn't one, not, and that includes me, that hasn't sinned in some way, and probably every day in some way. Some of them huge and great, but regardless of that, one little sin could preclude you from the kingdom of heaven.
But Jesus not only came and suffered and did those things, but it was also predestined that he die on that cross. Now the penalty has been paid. Now humanity, turning to Christ in repentance and belief, could be delivered. But there was another step that still needed to come. On the third day he rose, and so that that risen put the amen to all the things that had been promised beforehand. And on that cross, when he was dying, he said it. He said, it is finished. And as I said, on Resurrection Day was the great amen to that. So, my dear friends out there, here's what we cannot do. We cannot lose sight of what it is that the whole struggle is about. We cannot lose sight of the fact that it's not about candy. It's not about ribbons and bows. It's not about malls. It's not about family get-togethers. What it is about is the Savior, the light of the world, who came to sacrifice his life that you might have life, not only eternal, but abundantly in every way. I understand our feelings, but Please, folks, we have to reflect and get back to where we're looking at Jesus Christ and not just at our circumstance. Our circumstance is always going to be horrible. If it's not horrible today, it's going to be horrible tomorrow. But there's one consistent thing. There is one overriding, overarching, one thing that we can count on. I will never leave you and I will never forsake you. And that's what the Lord of glory said to us. And in all these thousands of years, he has never broken one promise, one word that he has ever spoken, and he's not going to, to, to break it now. So when you are in the doldrums, when you feel overwhelmed by what's going on, I want you also to remember, as I was telling Steve Gasser earlier today, that the Bible tells us that against uh, the church, the gates of hell will not prevail. And what does that mean? You look out and you feel like the gates of hell are prevailing against us. Well, gates don't attack you. You attack gates. And so against the church, when the church comes against the gates of hell, the gates of hell will not prevail against the church. I'm not a wild-eyed, crazy Baptist person pastor. Well, I might be some of those things, but I am telling you there is nothing more real in my life than the redemption of Jesus Christ. There is nothing more important. I have told my kids and everybody that I know that I am willing to suffer for Christ. I'm willing to die if that time comes. And I have felt this depression. I have felt this 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 moment of of that nothing is right in our world right now. I mean, I lost my wife three years ago, or three months ago. I was sick myself, and things aren't normal right now. This is not the Christmases I grew up with. But you know what? The Savior is the Savior that doesn't change. He's the same today. He's the same tomorrow. And he's the same yesterday. And so 
You cannot come and worship the babe in the manger, bring him the gifts, worship him, oh, this is a glorious thing, and then turn around and reject the man who hung on the cross to deliver you from evil and to deliver you from sin. So if you can't go to church, then find a church that's going online. Pick up your Bible. Turn to Matthew or one of the other Gospels. Let God speak directly to your heart. I want you to think about this. I told you, the Bible told you, I will never leave you, I will never forsake you. If we truly believe he will never leave us and never forsake us, then what are we? We are never alone. And you can turn to him at any time. It doesn't matter what you've done. It doesn't matter where you've been. It doesn't matter what anyone says about you. What matters is that you come before the throne of grace. And if you do those things, then no matter what it looks like out here, no matter whether the malls are all closed, no matter whether you never are able to get out and go to a a party, you're never able to, well, at least in the short term, do any of the traditional things we did. You can stand with the army of God and the Lord of glory. Please, folks, there's nothing more important. And we also need to remember that our first allegiance is not to the government. Our first allegiance is to Christ Jesus. Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, one God. And he is the God who delivers. He is the God who will light up our lives. He is the one that will fill color into everything we do. And no matter whether we have a little bit or whether we have a lot, he will be with us. David understood that. Go and read Psalm uh, 121. Go read Isaiah 41. Go and read Hebrews 13.5. Now, I want you to remember these. Write these down. You know, I was laying in a hospital once when Charles Stanley came on and Isaiah 41 was there. I was broken. I was bleeding. I was hurting. I was tired. And into that darkness came the words straight out of the Bible. I will lift you up with my righteous right hand. No one can come against the children of God and overpower us. It doesn't matter who rules the country. What, rule, what matters is who rules your heart. Are we going to be driven by, by the depression of the day or by amazing grace? And I got to tell you, for me, it's amazing grace. I can feel the same things. But it's amazing grace. I have people coming in and calling the mission and writing letters and all those things because of amazing grace. So we're out of time. And I I just can't tell you how much I pray for you guys. I just can't tell you how much you mean to me. I can't tell you how much the mission means to me because God means that much to me. So as we come and we're running out of time, I want you to remember that, that you are prayed for, you individually, you know, each and every person suffering, each and every person 
who won't be with family. And so, as always, until we meet again, may God hold you in the palm of his hand. You've been listening to Voices from the Street, the radio ministry of the Sacramento Union Gospel Mission. If your heart's been touched, and you want to know more about the work of the mission, log on to UGMSAC.com, UGMSAC.com. To donate clothing, food, time, or financial help, call 916-447-3268, 916-447-3268. Thank you so much for listening. Join us again next week at the same time for Voices from the Street.